Welcome to House Call with Dr. Mac, where you get a real doc with straight talk for the whole year. As I promised, we are exploring our hormonal milieu. We are going to take apart how our hormones affect who we are, how our hormones affect our cycles, how our hormones can be regulated. Today, I had the privilege, as you will hear, to sit down with two very sharp women, LaShawn Parker-Williams and Donna Plummer. As you will remember, Donna just recently led us into her world and told us her story of her endometriosis diagnosis. We sat down together, broke bread together, and started delving into various topics that we as women tend to talk about when we sit down together. Why do I have hot flashes? Are you having that? Am I supposed to be at this stage? When do they stop? How long do they last? My hair is starting to come out. My hair is changing. I don't understand what's going on. We are so wonderfully made. It is of my personal belief that when you can understand and start connecting your own health dots, you get a clearer picture of who you are and how you can be optimal. In turn, when you're optimal, your cup is full to overflowing and then you can help others. So, let's sit down, let's have some conversations Let's connect these dots. Let's get some straight talk. Hi guys, this is Dr. McMillan and I'm sitting here in a wonderful roundtable discussion with two wonderful people that I've um, come to know in life. I have Miss Donna Plummer here and Miss LaShawn Williams-Parker. And we're just sitting around having a conversation, and we're going to start taking, I'm going to go into my question bag as well, and we're going to talk about hormones. We're going to see where this discussion takes us. I know that in my practice, in sitting around having discussions, having the privilege of having discussions with family and friends and former patients and that have become friends, a lot of very, the same theme seems to come up in conversation. And so I thought it would be a great idea just to sit around at this round table. We've just enjoyed some nice little appetizers from East Moon and Bowie. And um, let's just get into some discussion about hormones. Um, I don't know, ladies, has, have, is there like a burning question that you can think of that you would like to ask your GYN practitioner or even your family practice practitioner if there's anything you can think of? Yes, one of the things that come to mind with me is that I have night sweats and I get high flashes and this has been occurring over 12 years. And I'm just wondering like what caused it? How much longer do I have to go through this? 
That's a great question. That is a great question, Sean. And I get that question very frequently. Uh, a lot of times our night sweats and hot flashes have come about because the hormone milieu, if you will, has started to change. And so we're gonna, let's go back to some of the basics. When we start having our cycles, there are, there's a set of hormones that comes, makes the grass grow tall, so to speak makes the uterine lining start growing, start proliferating, and there's a set of hormones that comes and mows the lawn. Okay, simple, simple, simple as that. So as tall as the grass was when, the mow, when it's mowed, however high the grass was will be how heavy the flow. I believe that each decade our cycles change. So in our 20s, our cycles begin to, I think, get on a regular track. Like you can almost, dis you almost tell, okay, it's going to come this time or it's going to, you know, be this long, um, you know, and of course there are some changes. There are some exceptions to that. Um, but for the most part, our cycles start to change and coming around to our thirties, they start to change again. And I start hearing that in clinical practice, like, well, it wasn't as long as it used to be, or it's starting to get longer or starting to get heavier, or, you know, I'm starting to have pain now. I'm, you know, I'm not sure if this is, you know, supposed to happen. And what is starting to happen is that depending on where you are in life, your hormones are beginning to change. And when I say where you are in life, a lot of times, in our late 20s and our 30s, we've, we've come out of college or we've gone into the workforce or we've taken on the responsibility of raising a family or we may even have the responsibility of taking care of our parents. You know, a lot of, a lot of the generations now are called the sandwich generation because they have their parents and their children. And now what is happening is that your cortisol levels are starting to go up. Cortisol is a stress hormone. And as that stress hormone goes up, it starts interfering with your estrogen and progesterone levels. Now, progesterone, the one that kind of mows the lawn, is also the nice sleep, sleep um, hormone. That's the one that makes you nice and cozy and drowsy and helps you sleep through the night. Well, as that gets interrupted, you're not sleeping through the night as much. It also helps regulate temperature, as well as cortisol, as well as your thyroid. And so when those are off, you're going to start having your hot flashes. You start having your night sweats. And so your hormones are actually starting to change. Are they changing enough to be seen on a lab result? Maybe not. Because there are certain reference ranges that we look at. And for us, reference ranges mean well, way out of normal. But for each individual person, their body is very sensitive to certain levels. So your hormones could have been changing, those levels could have been changing for years as you've been starting to experience the symptoms. And so that is, that is very, that could very well be what has happened. Thank you for sharing that with me. <laughs> no problem. Um, another question that, that, it ca that came to me over Facebook was, how do I get rid of this belly fat? You know, is this something that's just happening? Is it something that I just have to say, oh, well, this is what happens and, and kind of live with it, so to speak? And again, no, it's nothing that you just have to live with that just happens. A book that I've taken into my library that I really um, have chosen kind of as a Bible, so to speak, is called The Hormone Cure by Dr. Sarah Godfrey. 
excuse me, and she talks about the various the various different hormones. She calls one set of hormones the Charlie's Angels. And if we can get those in check, then how life, we can start moving the needle on life and start having better health, better sleep, start finding ourselves, um, weight, managing our weight better. And in her book, she has a questionnaire. She has a protocol that she uses, and she uses it in her practice. And she says, you know, not everybody can get to me where I am, but what I've done is I've put this questionnaire in place, and if you answer this questionnaire, you can start gauging what hormones may be off. She also offers a um, some labs in the back where you can go and actually have some labs tested and see if your lab results really show um, a difference in reference range. A lot of times the belly fat, so to speak, is again that cortisol. Cortisol is a huge culprit when it comes to stress. What cortisol does is it makes us know that we've got a store and it says you got a store for a rainy day something you know if you're stressed out we need to make sure that we're we're going to be okay if if we're not able to live comfortably so to speak so cortisol will actually increase um, your blood pressure cortisol um, makes you store so your insulin is not utilizing your glucose like it should. It's actually causing your system to package and store. And where do we as women store? In our hips and in our midsection. <laughs> and where we store is in that what we call the brown fat, the adipose fat. And now this brown fat starts producing more estrogen. Now you got a little more estrogen than you really should, and of course that can also have other implications as well. But this is a great book that I tend to, to go back to and have used in my own, own life because I started having some symptoms myself, and realizing that exercise was a big thing, but maybe not the type of exercise I thought. Um, you know, some people get out and they do this hour long or two hours. Sarah was um, giving her own story about being a marathon runner and how she was trying to do more. But what's happening is her cortisol was going up because as a marathon runner, the ter types of exercises you do, it's a stress. So your cortisol levels go up. Well, in this point in her life, she didn't need that. So she learned how to do some circuit training, short burst aerobic exercises, and she started losing faster and losing the weight. And I said, oh my goodness, that makes sense now. I used to be able to go to the gym five times a week and do that hour-long workout and saw, oh yeah, you dropping the weight, dropping the weight. Now, three times a week, I actually do a 10-minute workout that's called a, a 4 3 2 one, um, body workout that's high-intensity aerobic, and you can see a difference. You can definitely see a difference but the belly fat is not something that just happens with age you can actually change your body you can you can take hold and move the needle so to speak anything else yes you just made me think of something it's not just the belly fat but it's the thighs and I'm five six 100 and about 45, 50 pounds. Mm -hmm. But my thighs and my legs at the bottom aren't that large. They're actually tiny. But my thighs are, to me, flabby. So 
so I'm not sure what to do. <laughs> That's another area that we like to store. So, but one good exercise that really does burn are lunges. Those squats, those lunges that we hate to do that start burning. And actually what it does is it allows your metabolism to increase and burn even after you stop. So if you do a couple of reps um, and sets of squats, maybe like 10 to 12, and you do maybe three sets, you are going to you're going to increase your metabolism. You're going to start burning that fat that's around there. And I know because that's the same thing for me. It's like if I could just get these hips under control. Oh my goodness gracious! I could see a change in my dress size, in my <laughs> pants size. But yes, that's that's another area because when we are childbearing, you're going to hold the brunt of that fetus in your hips in that lower pelvic area. So you've got to have the structure to hold it. I've not had much experience. Well, I had a hysterectomy. Mm -hmm. So for two years, I suffered greatly um, Mm. with sweating, but it wasn't just at night. It was 24-7. Wow. And um, I noticed, uh, well, uh, the surgeon said for two years it would be very bad. Probably went a little longer, mm-hmm. um, I'd say maybe another year. But now, you know, I feel fine. Um, occasionally I get warm, but mm-hmm. not where I'm just bursting out in sweat and I can't <laughs> right. keep anything on. Uh, I'm not taking anything Okay. Um, at the time because I was just in my late 30s. He didn't recommend mm-hmm. me taking anything at the time, so... For now, I feel fine. Um, wish I had brought my mom, though, because um, I think she would uh, benefit a lot from this discussion today because she's still going through. Mm-hmm. She's still sweating mm-hmm. a lot, especially mm-hmm. at nights, and it's in her hair. hair. Yeah. Yes. And um, so, yeah, I don't have much. Did you, did you um, have a period of time where you... It looked like maybe you increased your exercise or maybe changed a diet that you can think back to. Was there anything that... Well, um, prior to my having my hysterectomy, I had to take some weight off. Um, but I've noticed since the surgery that I have put on mm. about 50 pounds. Mm-hmm. Uh, but probably I've, you know, added to it too by... Eden, I enjoy a well-cooked meal, <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> and I have not been doing any type of exercise, okay. and I'm sure if I've become more active mm-hmm. and uh, cut down on my uh, portion, <laughs> I, I would take some of the weight off. <laughs> yeah. I was just asking that. But because... I did um, put on, especially in my tummy area mm-hmm. and my hips, which I didn't have before, um, I did put, that's where the weight Mm -hmm. went on. I I was asking you that because I have also heard from my patients that had hot flashes or the night sweats, once they started a regular exercise Mm -hmm. regimen, they saw it dramatically decrease. Well, decrease. decrease. And I wouldn't say dramatic, like all of a sudden, oh my gosh, next week. No. But over time, Mm -hmm. they said, oh wait, I'm not waking up at night. 
I'm not okay that's great and I've seen the same thing myself just last week Wendell was like okay you know we need to reel it in we had the nice summer and yeah we're looking nice and 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 happy (laughs) and so I was like you know what you're right I can find 10 minutes in my day I can definitely find 10 minutes and last week we started exercising we started the 10 minute workout again I have slept so much better Mm -hmm. over the last week than I have slept in months in months and I guess I didn't want to actually admit that I was going to a new checkbox with my age this summer (laughs) (laughs) so (laughs) I just yeah I just didn't want to even admit it but yeah (laughs) welcome Welcome, Dr. McMillan (laughs) so I said, you know what? You got to start listening to what you're saying to others because for a while I was counseling and not being a part of the cohort that I was counseling. And now I'm saying, oh, wow, you know, exercise makes a huge difference in just overall the way you feel and, and just being able to function at a different level. Um, and it doesn't have to be you know, these long marathon workouts. And I think that's where I had a misconception Mm -hmm. is that if I didn't have 45 minutes to set aside, oh, I can't do that. That's just not even going to work. But just something Mm -hmm. very small to to move the needle, like Dr. Godfrey says. I love that term she coined. She's like, just move the needle a little bit. You just want to get from one spot to the next. And then it's going to start... And it's gonna spire, and it's gonna start a, um, a snowball effect, mm-hmm. so to speak. My primary care doctor uh, just told me a few weeks ago <laughs> uh, because I've had several health issues, mm-hmm. and and now everything is getting back on track. Mm-hmm. And he he said to me, uh, "Everything looks great. Your labs, everything. It's time for you to now put your big girl pants mm-hmm. on." And get outside and go walk. Really? <laughs> he said, I want you to walk in for an hour. Oh, wow. <laughs> so, okay. I'm working on it. I haven't been doing an hour. I've been doing about 30 minutes. Good. Um, but, uh, yeah, and I see that it is helping. Mm-hmm. It is helping. Yes, yes. It's, it's, it's amazing. And, and fresh air does make a difference. Um, when we get outside and just even um, walking down down the block to go mm-hmm. get your mail or mm-hmm. just go outside and do something in your garden, um, you know, just getting out and breathing the fresh air does make a huge difference. And like you said, even 30 minutes. You know, we think, oh, 30 minutes, okay. But no, mm-hmm. it's, it, it's huge. Now, is there, I'd like to ask a quick mm-hmm. question. Is there an age, but... Or I guess maybe it it it, it you know it cha- varies from person to person. But is there an age or in range where you should be through with menopause? That's a great question. I'm interested <laughs> in hearing about that one. I'm, and I'm asking this for my mom. Yeah, she will be sixty in a few mm-hmm. weeks, mm-hmm. and she's complaining about it. And I'm thinking, I said, mother, you should be over with this by now. And you know, uh, her primary care physician said that he would do some labs because, again, as I mentioned earlier, her hair, how much it has affected her hair. Mm-hmm. You know, her hair's just falling out. She's, you know, bald spots and 
um, certain areas. And so I'm, I'm curious to know. What we usually say is, so the definition of menopause is where you do not have a cycle for 12 consecutive months. Mm -hmm. That's it. 12 consecutive months. The rest of the symptomology that comes into play, there's really no time frame, unfortunately. You can start feeling these symptoms, like I said, because your hormones are changing. For your mother, and this podcast is not at all a substitute for you going to see your your regular physician, I would really start focusing in on thyroid. If you're telling me her hair is starting to come out, in certain places she's having some sweating she's still having the hot flashes and in the hair I would really look at thyroid we are learning a whole lot about our thyroid and our thyroid sits here in our in our throat really it's a regulator it is a regulating system for our metabolism and our temperature control it's the main one now all the others do play a part What happens is that, again, these reference ranges, they are set, and what we're learning is that we really should be having a tighter, tighter control on the thyroid. Because this reference range that says if you're over a certain, and what they're looking at is called the TSH, which is the thyroid stimulating hormone, which is counterintuitive, and I'll explain that in a minute. But if it's too high, then we're saying, okay, it's telling the body, stimulate more thyroid, stimulate more, make more thyroid hormone. We don't have enough so that you have too low of a thyroid. If it's on the low, low end, then it's saying, oh, I have too much. So it's feeding back saying, don't make any more, don't make any more. We cannot measure the thyroid hormone itself. It dissipates too fast. So we look at something that stimulates the thyroid to make thyroid hormone, which is your thyroid-stimulating hormone. That's why it's kind of the inverse when you look at the labs. And there are some other precursors that we're learning to look at too, which is your T3, which is another um, pre-thyroid hormone that gets converted. There's something else called reverse T3. All of these are different ways that it comes together, sits on the thyroid, and it's like every hormone um, on every cell is like a lock and key. Mm-hmm. So there's a perfect key that fits into a lock and it turns it and it unlocks the door and makes things work. Well, there are other things that can sit in that key, that can fit in that keyhole, but doesn't turn. So if it's already plugged, when the thyroid hormone comes to do its job, there's somebody already sitting in its seat, so to speak. So I would just say, um, that would be my first thing. I'm sorry, that would be my first thing, is that I would have her advocate, just like you did, and you have to hear her story. I'm not gonna spoil it, because she's coming out on the podcast. I would have her advocate for thyroid check. Okay, not just the TSH, because everybody checks that but the free T3 and the reverse T3. Because we've been taught in school, just look at the TSH. And if the TSH is abnormal, then go look at everything else. But we're learning that even if it's in that reference range, still look at this because it could be showing us a lot that's going on. And, and so some of the 
some of the symptoms that we see in menopause or perimenopause mm -hmm. could not just be the estrogen and progesterone starting to decline or the FSH, which is our follicle stimulating hormone, mm -hmm. or the LH, which is the luteinizing hormone that helps you to ovulate. Mm -hmm. But it could be the surrounding other hormones, such as your thyroid, such as your cortisol, that's playing a role in that. Um, that, that could really be, be playing a role. Okay, so when we go to our doctors and we share with them the experiences that we're having, we expect for them to say, okay, this is what I want to test you for. Now, you said a lot. Mm -hmm. I know I'm not going to remember all of that. So what are the suggestions that we would say or um, share with our doctors? What do we say other than uh, what we're experiencing? Wow, <laughs> that's good. You have to know the relationship you have mm -hmm. with your with your healthcare provider first. Mm -hmm. If it is a long-standing relationship, mm -hmm. that's great. Okay, and if, that's what I have actually. Wonderful. If it is a relationship may not be long-standing, but you all have created a um, connection, and that person has now become like a trusted advisor to you, then what I would do is come in with a set of symptoms. I would come in with some studies even. If you could go online or, um, and, and I hesitate to say that because when I stand on the other side mm -hmm. and I have people bring me all this, I don't have time. I'm that patient. <laughs> I'm that patient. <laughs> I don't have time to go through it, mm -hmm. but I do appreciate that you took the time and I know that you're very serious, mm -hmm. okay? Um, and so if I don't have an answer for you, I'll say, you know what, let me do some reading myself and do some consultation. I may not have the answer for you, but if you say to me, I really want you to check this for me, and this is why. So, you know, if you can have that conversation, and you may, they, you may get pushback, because there's going to be a lot of practitioners that don't believe in thyroid optimization. Mm -hmm. They are very traditional, mm -hmm. and it's just the way they were taught. Mm -hmm. um, some are starting to become open to, yes, there's newer studies out there. Not only that, there's supplementation out there. There are other alternatives to just traditional medicine. Mm -hmm. But I would say be as be as much of a self-advocate as you can get a journal and start jotting down or use your phone your voice memo and say on this day I experienced this at this time for this long and when you come in you have documentation now because a lot of times we're asking questions and if you go oh I'm not sure we're like okay take half of what you hear and not you know none of what you none of what you hear half of what you see kind of thing approach but I've also come in contact with fellow practitioners that say, if a patient can bring me as much documentation as they can and as much detail as they can and say, this is, no, this is what I'm feeling, this is what is going on with me, we can actually come together and put together a full picture. And that's what, we're, that's what my passion is now, putting together your health dots and letting you see a whole picture so that you can become an intricate part in whole person care with your practitioner. 
So if there is something that you are really saying, you know what, I, I'm not getting resolution. I am not getting this particular symptom resolved or this particular question resolved. Mm-hmm. You go back and you ask questions. Or if it comes to a point where you all must part ways, because that it could be that maybe we just can't become a team on this particular issue. Do you have any other suggestions? You know, or ask somebody else that may have, you know, be able to give you a referral. Mm-hmm. I've often said to patients, I don't know if we can become a team. I don't know if I can help you with this. Let me help find somebody that can for you. And I don't want people to feel like I'm dumping them off on other people, but I want you to understand that I want you to have the best integrative care that you can. And so let's figure this out together. Uh, this book is great. This hormone book is hormone cure book is great because she talks about how you can approach your practitioner. She talks about how you can come to them and say, look, this is what I think is going on with me. And I know that there may not be, you know, this may not be in the traditional realm, but can we explore this, please? Because I'm not optimal. I have symptoms, and it's real. And that's what we need to be working on. Thank you for that guidance. It was really good, and I will use it. No problem. Well, ladies, I feel like we've had a great discussion this afternoon. I really appreciate you coming and being part of our roundtable, and we're going to have more of these. Um, We're going to sit down and and start digging through a lot of questions in terms of our brain health even, Um, how we're learning so much on how the brain functions, how the brain works. And we're, we're going to kind of venture over in that, that direction. I, I'm not an expert. I do not claim to be. But I'm very interested and it fascinates me. And I'm going to find the experts on it. So that, again, we can connect this head to this body as it is connected on our bodies. And start really understanding whole person care. I thank you all for being thank here. You. Thank Thanks you for, for having us. us. No problem. And you can reach me on, um, you can email me at realdoc74 at gmail.com. You can follow me on Twitter at realdoc74. Uh, and I'm on Facebook, the House Call community page, um, House Call with Dr. Mac community page. It was so great having this conversation today. Bye.